Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. And I'm your co-host, Maria. Sexual shame is like a thick coating of black tar that sits on top of what would be a natural and healthy sexual desire and arousal response. The natural responses are still there, but they are buried beneath the shame, which prevents natural desire and the arousal from surfacing. Beginning to repair the problem of sexual shame relies on the basic acceptance that the problem exists and can play havoc with our lives. On this week's episode, we discuss sexual shame and how it affects women. She is an embodiment and empowerment mentor and an intuitively gifted healer who coaches provocatively and soulfully. She has over 15 years of experience helping others reignite and transform their own lives. She works with women who feel unfulfilled in life and disconnected from their true radiant self. She helps them unlock their power, orgasm, and authenticity for a deeply fulfilling, intimately connected, and nourishing life without sacrifice. More importantly, she has walked the walk. She is passionate about helping women realize that a woman who is turned on in life activates the world around her. Welcome, Alara. Yay. Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So, Alara, before we begin, we normally ask our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves and how that what led them to uh, to where you're at, which is you are an ecstatic mentor, correct? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, I am. I actually was living my life in this very shut down manner. And I I wasn't even aware of it. You know, the beauty of our nervous system is it's it's a powerful protector. Right. And when when we when we don't understand the nervous system, our nervous system can go into these really shut down and and numb stages. And you know, we don't realize we're there. And that's that's where I was. I was really numb. I was really, really numb in my body, and I was really, really numb in life. Really, you know, nothing seemed to light me up. Even the things that I enjoyed doing, sure, they had, you know, a level of enjoyment to them, but I I just really couldn't feel. I even remember thinking like, wow, even the things that I really enjoy doing, I'm not really thrilled by. And so I started on my spiritual journey and I was meditating. And one day I got into the car to go work on horses. At the time I was a physical therapist on horses. I would do physical therapy to the horses and they have just been such an intricate part of my learning and my space and my life. So I was in my car and I was driving and I heard my higher self say to me, ohm three times. And, you know, I knew what oming was. It wasn't something that I really did regularly, but I was like, sure, I could do that. You know, and I took a nice deep breath and 
Om, all the way to the end of the breath. And I did that three times. And on the third exhale, an energy shot through my body, went out my crown, and I went into this full body ecstatic orgasm. My whole body was just pulsating wow. so intensely. And I, I mean, I quickly pulled the car over. I was just like, oh my God, wow, you know, and I had no idea what was happening to me. I had no idea what the energy was. I had never experienced a full body orgasm before. And, you know, I, I, I was just like enthralled. And after it kind of subsided, I was in this real state of just ecstatic bliss. I was on cloud nine. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. Oh, my God. I remember driving down the freeway. You know when you're like so lit that you've got like your toe on the pedal, but the rest of your body is like out of your seat, practically (laughs) dancing in your car. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's how I was for the rest of the day. And then the next six months was really quite chaotic uh, as the what it was was it was Kundalini Shakti. But again, I didn't know that. So the energy had shot through my body. I had a spontaneous kundalini awakening and it had released all of these emotions that I had pushed down. I had released all this energy from my nervous system. And I had six months of absolute chaos. I literally thought I was going crazy. And right around the fifth fifth to sixth month mark, when everything was kind of reaching equilibrium, this book came into my space that was called, you know, Kundalini Awakening. And it had a section in there. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what happened to me. And so it just started me on this journey of like, what is Kundalini? And what did I experience? And and how do I experience that again? And and the whole process. That's kind of, <clears throat> and this is while you were driving. You were driving when you had <laughs> this moment. So first of all, I'm glad you're safe because, you know, you could have just <laughs> let go of the wheel, and just totally had that moment. But do you know um, you had this Kundalini awakening, right, that that happened to you? And this is you taking, I think you said you were oming, right? You were doing like, and mm-hmm. after your third breath, here you are, you're driving. What was, what was it? What was going on in your mind? Yeah, I don't remember what was going on in my mind, but it the it all came from my higher self. You know, the message was instructional. And uh, I didn't feel stressed. I wasn't like, oh, I need to breathe right now or I need to ohm. I heard a message from my higher self that said ohm three times. Why my higher self decided to do it while I was driving, <laughs> I have no idea. I wasn't on the freeway at that point. I was right. on a back road, you know, very chill road. Um, but to me, it was really a, a divine orchestration you know it's it's interesting that we're talking that you're telling you had this kind of awakening right that that happened to you i'm saying awakening but you you had really an ecstatic uh energy just flowing through you um there is i feel like there is a sexual shame that uh women um i want to say inherit if that's correct or women actually Mm -hmm. carry with them that affects them why is that? Why is it that women, there's this shame that exists in women and it affects them? Yeah, this has definitely been my own personal journey and largely why I believe that I was so shut down in my nervous system. And again, just something I really was not connected to. I was unaware that I felt shame. 
And again, through my spiritual journey and through my spiritual healing, I came really in direct contact. My mom had this experience where shame started really coming into my space and I was really working in my sexual organs and really breathing into my body. And I was again, being led by my higher self. And I was feeling the shame of my female lineage, Mm -hmm. like Wow. I mean, it was so all consuming. Right. And interestingly enough, a week later, my mom calls me and told me she was diagnosed with cervical cancer because this is where we carry it. We carry that shame in our reproductive system, in our sexual organs. And, you know, what, what I've through this whole experience of shame with myself and through with her, you know, when I was a little girl, I always find when I work with my clients that there's this age between like three to six years of age. And this goes for both men and women, mm-hmm. right? Three to six ages where we're really getting imprinted. You know, first off, we're coming out into this space of like expression. We're starting to really like engage with the world around us. And, you know, my generation, my mother's generation, her mother's generation, there was not a lot of availability for emotion, for the power of the woman, for the the, the creative nature of, of the human in general. You know, like we've <clears throat> actually labeled it the terrible twos, <laughs> right, which right. to me... <laughs> That says it all, right? Like we are shaming children that age and, right. and what what's happening to a child during that age group. So that somehow it's impeding on us. And then I just have a question that's actually, uh, you know, from uh, inferring from what you said, the women who come to you today um, seeking help, what would you say their biggest issues are and where is what what is it that they feel most shame about when it comes to is it what their fantasies are or what their sexual desire is or can you talk a little bit more about what it is specifically that your clients suffer with again yeah wonderful question a lot of them don't realize it's shame but definitely shame of the body right wow well i mean what what person what human what woman doesn't have shame around their body and around specifically as we are aging, you know, I got a lot lot of women in their forties and, you know, like the shame around their aging. Right. Yes. Yep. And there's this deep shame around this, this connection to the, the woman and women, you know, we, Honestly, as we've been talking about, it's been passed down through the generations and they they have this unbeknown shame around their connection with their woman. If if they're a mother, there's always shame there around how they perceived themselves as a mother, whether they were the perfect mother or not. And then absolutely, you know, sexually, whether that is, you know, their actual bodies or whether that is their desires, or I work with a lot of women who are somewhat orgasmic or non-orgasmic. Um, but it's, it's a lot of, of that. And I would, I would really like the listeners to hear the point about it being 
that shame that we hold about being a woman. <laughs> it's so obtuse, but mm. when you hear it, you can you can feel it, right? The shame of of being a woman. There is this thing, I mean, let's not say it's a thing, but it's um women give up so much, right? To be women. I I talked about this. We've talked about it on the show where women have to sacrifice so much. And it's interesting that women um, have been, uh, they're so selfless creatures by nature or or they've been conditioned to be. And yet there's this shame that exists. It's crazy how much weight women carry. And, you know, I would think you would think that if someone that's selfless, they have a selfless personality, they've been conditioned to be selfless all to be all their life, all their lives. You know, how is it possible that such a selfless, selfless individuals can carry shame? I think that's amazing that you're helping because I think more and more people, uh, specifically women, um, um, are coming to that fold. Right. There's so many women that are now. Hey, you know what? I don't need to fit this model of like being a mom, a wife. I I, I have to be put me first. I gotta do me. I gotta heal myself first. By healing myself first, I become a better person. So with that in mind, what is the ecstatic life? Because I know you touch upon a couple of things that you help, right? I believe you say it's release, embody, and activate. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I really do, like, I want to know more about this. Yeah, and maybe what are some of these uh, exact techniques that you feel are most helpful to help women overcome these issues? Is it meditation? Is it something else? What exactly is it that you do? Yes. So I have come up with a the system that you're speaking of, the release, the embody, and the activate is kind of the entire process of my system. And then I have four keys that I find are, are the fundamental keys to really unlocking our being as humans, right? Because we're here to live a human life. However, our construct of what a human life is has been totally distorted. Like yep. we are here to live an ecstatic human life. Yep a very, very rich and fulfilled human life. So the I have a system of the four keys. So the first one is, and I teach all of my clients how to do this, and there's different layers to the keys, right? Because we have to start where we are, and then we are able to, the feminine is all about the spiral. We're able to spiral down into her and down into our bodies. So the first key is connection, right? This is the connection to our body, our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, beginning to communicate with our body, connecting to Gaia, connecting to the earth, connecting to that resonance, that energy that flows through her, you know, connecting to the moment, breathing and feeling the moments. So I teach my ladies how to connect first and foremost with themselves and then with you know, the other spaces and even into other people. And the second key is breath, right? The beauty of our breath is that it connects 
our subconscious mind and our conscious mind. It connects our subtle bodies and our gross bodies. And it brings us into the moment because our body is what's always in the moment. And so is our breath, right? Our breath just keeps going, like whether we're paying any attention to it or not. And so we can breathe, just consciously breathe. And I also teach my ladies to breathe into their bodies, to breathe into certain areas of their bodies and to use their breath very powerfully to move energy, to shift energy and to once again, deepen that connection. So part three is voice. Because as you were speaking so wonderfully, Romeo, the 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 thing about this is it is about our expression. Mm-hmm. It's the feminine expression. Right. We desire our shame is held here and in our pelvis. And these two are inter- so interwoven. And we feel like we can't just, you know, we can't be wild and feel and have all of this emotion and this, this expression. Oh, We don't feel like we can do that. We feel like we have to suppress and hold back and restrict and people please and walk on ice. And so I, I teach my women to let it out, to open up their expression, all of their expressions to really honor their expression, every single expression and emotion that they have. And we learn to open up the throat and open up the voice. I teach them all the different levels of expression because this is just interwoven. This is the higher feminine. Mm -hmm. Our pelvis is our lower feminine. So they are interwoven. This connects you to your power. It connects you to your radiance. It connects you to your intimacy and connection with Gaia. It's, It's such a powerful, powerful space. So I'm a big firm believer of voice and expression. And the fourth key is movement. The feminine loves to just move. And there's no right or wrong in the movement of the feminine. She is, she's all over the place. You know, some days she may dance and other days she'll get on her knees and crawl and just be very animalistic and primal. And other days I felt like I'm walking like a chicken, you know, and there's just this like very strange movement coming through my body. And the movement is about the connection to the body and allowing that to speak through the movement. It's not dance. It's not belly dancing, even though those are all beautiful and they have space. It's like, what does my body need right now? And just really opening up that expression and that space and allowing your body to show you how to move that energy. So those are the four keys that I teach my clients and in the spiral of deepening into the feminine. I like that. I like the, that what you cover because a couple of things I just want to comment on is that you mentioned the the neck. Uh, you know, I think women, I've, correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, women are predisposed to thyroid, right? Uh, yes. Thyroid. And the, and you mentioned that the, the voice is uh, uh, you work on that. And, uh, as, um, you know, and it's, as an actor, um, uh, you, you learn how to, your body's your instrument. And I can tell you this, that emotions get trapped everywhere in your body. <clears throat> you oppress it, whether you, you know, and you, you hear these stories, right? People do yoga and out of nowhere, they start crying. That's happened to me in the a yoga class. I did not know what it was. It's probably stuff that's been there. Area, you said that you know. Can you mentioned earlier your your mother was uh, diagnosed with cervical cancer and women's energy is in 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 the cervix area because that's where it, it, everything stems from. But um, uh, 
And I like that you really do focus on mindfulness, teaching people how to be mindful, which is very interesting because, and correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, um, women can multitask. Their minds are everywhere, right? They're here. They're, th- they're, they're, it's, they're being occupied with so many things, right? Did I do this? Did I do that? Am I? But are women present? Because women are very, very, I feel like they're highly tuned, but are they present? And how do you just really calm the mind, bring it into the into your body, down to your body, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I want to speak to that. But I want to just really briefly yeah, say yeah. the thyroid. I love that you brought up the thyroid because you know what the thyroid is connected to? It's connected to our G spot. And so really? there's this powerful energy of the sacred waters of the feminine, which is called, you know, in the, the sexual industry, it's called the female ejaculation. But is there's so much more depth to it than that because actually all women can do it. But it's a matter of letting flow our sacred waters. Women have multiple different waters and fluid that actually can be released out of the G-spot. And when that is not available, when that doesn't feel safe, there's a contraction that happens there. And it's in correspondence to the thyroid. So you're absolutely right. I love that you brought up the thyroid because so much of our thyroid issues are really in the in the space of allowing the flow of our feminine, both sexually and through expression and voice. I just wanted to brief on that because it's such a beautiful tidbit that I love so much. I'm very aware. Like I, I know that the thyroid and and even as actors, your voice, your instrument. Or I, when you were talking about voice, I thought you were going to talk about how women, uh, you know, uh, when you, for example, they've done studies that women will raise their voices up when they're talking to the opposite sex. They go into that, that tiny, they're not in their woman voice. They're in the, hey, how's it going? You know, like, what? You know, they're not really like centered where, where their womanhood comes from. And I'm not offending anyone, but this is just stuff that's out there that women do this, all, that it's known. Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very intriguing. And again, I, I feel like that is really here rooted right. in that full flow, full surrender of the of the true feminine, right? The the woman, the femme power. And to speak to your, you know, the the part about women multitasking, that was huge for me. I mean, yes, I could have done a million things at once and I wasn't present in any of them. And what I learned was when I started to really come into my body, the beauty of the reason that women can multitask is because we can be tapped into many different subtle levels of energy Mm -hmm. at the same time. So when I'm working with clients, I'm so deeply present in the moment and we are in so many different dimensions, so many different spaces. There is so much going on that I am seeing and experiencing but it is rooted in the body and in presence. So there is this, you know, the, we've been taught to multitask. We've been taught as women really to lean into the, our own inner masculine, to be masculinized, you know, and that's how we have been successful in this world. Mm-hmm. And we did that because we could multitask and we could do multiple things at once. But now this new space, we're being really invited to come back into our bodies and into the present moment and to really embody, which is much more beautiful because that's where the the femme really likes to play. She's in that subtle. You know, when I'm having conversations with people, I can feel all of their thoughts. I feel all of their emotions. I feel everything that is occurring, again, multidimensionally. 
And it makes for such a rich experience, you know, it makes for a true, like, I'm really with them. I'm not like, you know, reading their thoughts and, you know, going into their head. It's more of like an embodied sensation. And I'm really tuned in with them. And we're engaging kind of like in this dance together. So I absolutely help the women. I always call it overthinking, you know, the overthinking and how that really pulls us up out of our body into our mental body and really out of the present moment where all of the beauty is, all of the magic is, all of our power is. So yes, yes, yes. I completely agree with you. And it is a process for women, but when they start to learn it, wow, they really understand their true power, not just their mental power. Is this, um, uh, you know, do women, there is this shame. We talked about the shame. And I talked about how women are, uh, they're selfless creatures, but is there a little bit of like internal, like uh, self-loathing? Women tend to anal- like be very judgmental about themselves to the point that it's so detrimental. Like, am I wrong? I don't know, Maria, Alara, I mean. Yeah, I think... Uh- I think it's probably some process of, uh, you know, way too much rumination, just thinking too much, I think is uh, something that's detrimental to your mind in general, you know. Um, so with that comes, I think questioning and over-questioning is just simply can lead you down to the rabbit hole of, you know, uh, feeling really unstable. So you need to learn how to calm your mind and not fall victim to judging yourself into those negative thoughts that may arise. And I think learning to just understand that they are just thoughts and they come into your mind and then, you know, not to hold on to them and to make, um, you know, anything significant out of any thought that enters into your head, whether it's something negative about yourself uh, or, you know, about how you did in a certain situation, kind of learn to observe it and just sort of, let it go and understand that it, it really isn't anything more than a thought in itself, unless you attach something more to it, some sort of emotion. And then you fall into that process of just being overly judgmental. And then it really takes away from the quality of life that you can lead when, you know, as opposed to when your mind could be a bit more at peace. I don't know, but that's how I feel about it. Maybe, maybe Alara has something more to add to that. Yeah, I, you know, what came through when you guys were talking about it was like understanding where this comes from, like, you know, nothing against religion, but Adam and Eve, like the, the woman was the causing of human suffering. That is some deep rooted shame right there. That's what the story is speaking to is that women cause this and this is something i have encountered time and time again i encountered it when i was a young child and i was sexually molested it was like it was my fault Mm -hmm. you know how fucking hurtful excuse my language that Mm -hmm. is to a child you know how hurtful it is to an adult right where i have come across people who are like oh my gosh why are you doing this stop and it's like why I'm just being me Mm -hmm. like this is who I am and you're telling me 
that who I am is bringing in like that kind of energy, like that is incorrect teaching, you know, that is incorrect teaching that we have passed down through the generations. And, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't women that are out there like looking for trouble. And, you know, there are people in general, right. That are throwing out different vibes, but you know, when, when young children and young girls are really learning about their bodies and learning about their spaces and, you know, they are, told that how they're being and who they are, like, just stop because we're very, you know, the, the feminine sexual nature is so feared. It is yes. so yeah. feared. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's like, we want it. We desire it. We plaster it everywhere. And then we're like, want to put we a cap on it. it. Right. Because, because like to really let her out is Oh, all of us get ignited. All of us get ignited and all of those feelings in our body and we don't know how to handle it. And that is what happened with the witch trials. That is what has happened with the feminine power over and over over and over again. Yeah. And you see, it's like, you know, it's almost like uh, if you if you if you like mythology, you know, I think it's it's really how you approach it. Right. Because I've learned different, uh, you know, uh, as a Jew. I've have different we have different views of the whole story of of Adam and Eve but I want to say something um in regards to um it's almost you know the story of Pandora's box that Pandora's box I understood it as like what you're saying yeah. the women energy the power it got to be contained locked and secret vessel disappears it's called Pandora's box and what's in that box since then, I've always said this, that the story of Pandora's box is actually really the power. It's it's really the the story of the power of women, the, what you're talking about, what you're saying, that everybody is, were threatened by this energy, this force. But you know what? Times are changing, and these old institutions cannot hold. And more and more people don't want to live. They want to live happy. And... They want to really, really genuinely live happy. And you were seeing that, right? That shift that's happening now where people just don't want to subscribe to this old, the old way of thinking that has not really, really hasn't helped. Um, And you can, you know, you can, we can argue about it. I mean, people out there can argue about it, but I believe that we're seeing that. And I, I, I'm all about empowering women and really because, you know, uh, uh, my mom and her sisters are they're very very uh you know very voiceful women very very strong women and they're and I am all about how can they like how can women be more happy because at the end of the day like the the world the world is just better I'm glad there's programs like you know you have like this the ecstatic um mentor because you know people need we we all need to seek how to you know, there's different things, but we all need to really start from within and really start learning how to mend and, and grow as individuals. Cause there comes a point in life where, Hey, like you just get tired and you got to find answers and solutions and, and, and be equipped with tools, uh, to just really move forward and just be free. And that's really, really what, you know, you, I think your program is about that. It's about freedom of, of expression, freedom about who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And really reconnecting to her to her, and liberating her. And it's, that's, that's where the bliss comes from. That's where the ecstatic orgasm 
you know, non-sexual, just orgasm throughout the day is when we are really rooted in the authentic self. It just feels so good to be who we truly are. I agree. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, how can they do that? What's the best way to get in contact with you and seek out uh, to work with you and whatnot? Yes, they can definitely email me info at alarasage.com. My website is alarasage.com. I'm basically alarasage everywhere, so they can find me pretty easily. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at whiskeysextalk at iCloud.com. That's whiskeysextalk at iCloud.com. Till next time. (laughs) 